I think we can all agree that seeing is important. And if we don't see well, we'll make use of contacts or glasses or even laser surgery to correct our vision. But even if we need those and make use of them, we can still be blind. Or even if you have good vision, you can still be blind. Because I know from personal experience that when, I'm, when it comes to a certain relationship or with my friends or my family, they say things or do something that I don't know how to respond to. I don't know how to interact with them. I don't see the answer. Or I get overwhelmed with schoolwork or something else. I have 10 assignments due by like fr on Friday at 11.59, like four papers, three tests, two memory works, and a nap. And I don't know where to start. Probably the nap, but I'm still overwhelmed. And I can't see where to go or what to do. Or I'm getting ready to graduate. And I actually don't know what's, I can't see the future. I'm blind to it. I don't know if I should go to this church or that church, apply for a residency, do this summer internship, or whatever. I'm blind to it. And I would wager that you guys feel the same. You guys have friends and family, and there's times when you don't know what to say to them. You don't know what to do. You don't know how to inter interact with them. Or you get overwhelmed with homework, or whatever else is important in your life. Maybe it's ministry or a job, and that's all you can see. Everything else is darkness to you. You're blinded to everything else but that. Or you're also wanting to know, like, God, what do you want me to do? Where do you want me to go? How can I know your will? And we don't, see, we don't hear an answer, and we don't see it. You don't see the path forward. But our text has an answer for us today. Feel free to turn to your Bibles and John, to John 9. I'll start off by reading the section, but I'll summarize quite a bit. As Jesus passed by, he saw a man blind from birth. And his disciples asked him, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Jesus answered, it was not that this man sinned or his parents, but that the works of God might be displayed in him. We must work the works of him who sent me. While it is day, night is coming, when no one can work. And as long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. And then after he says these things, he spits on the ground and makes some mud. And he takes that mud and applies it to the guy's eyes. And he looks at him and sends him off. Go to the pool of Siloam and wash. And the blind man does just that. He gets up, he walks all the way across Jerusalem, stumbling, brown, stumbling around, maybe asking for some guidance from other people to get to the pool. And when he gets there, he kneels down at the edge of the water and starts washing the mud off of his face. And that's when he can start to see. He realizes that he can see his hands, he can see his reflection in the water, 
He can see the environment around him, the people, the beautiful skies and the pillowy clouds. He can see the blinding sun. And I imagine he gets really joyous at the fact because this is the first time he's ever seen. So he runs back home. He and his neighbors take notice of him and all those that had seen him when he was blind and when he was begging. And they start to wonder, is this the same man? Because it's like when you go to Walmart or Target and you see someone that you sort of recognize. You can't tell for sure if it's, him, if it's them or not. And so you just stare at them. You try to do it sneakily, but it's really obvious. But you stare at them, squinting at them, trying to discern if it's them or not. And these guys, the people that saw him, came with, up with three conclusions. One, that is actually him. Two, it's not him, it's just like him. And three, it's definitely not him. But the blind man, he hears this happening and he, he speaks up, he notices. And he says, straight up, I'm the blind man. I'm not capping, there's no kizzy in this at all. Like, for real, for real, I'm the blind man. And, and they say, Okay, you, you're not capping, so I believe that. So, but tell us how you received your sight. How is it that your eyes are opened? And he goes into the story. He says, the man called Jesus, he made mud, put it on my eyes, told me to go wash, and I went and I washed. And then I, my eyes were opened. And the people are astounded by this miracle because a blind man received his sight. It's kind of crazy. And they want to see the one who did this? But they ask where he is. And the blind man doesn't know where he is. So the people are trying to figure out what the consequence of this miracle is. So they go to the Pharisees, the scholars of the day, for an answer. And this is where we discover that it was on the Sabbath. And that will hinder the Pharisees. Because the Pharisees ask the man, who, how is it that your eyes were opened? And the blind man says, well, a man made mud, anointed my eyes, I washed, and now my eyes are opened. And some of the Pharisees get stuck. They can't see beyond the Sabbath breaking. So they assume that this man is not from God, but is in actuality a sinner because he didn't keep the Sabbath, because Jesus didn't keep the Sabbath, according to their oral traditions. And, but some people, some of the Pharisees are like, I don't know, man, this is actually kind of crazy. Like, he healed a man born blind. Like, this means something. So they start arguing and debating amongst themselves, and eventually they go back to the blind man and they say, what do you say he is since he opened your eyes? And he says, he's a prophet. But they don't like that answer, and they think that he's still kind of sus. So they're looking at him, and not really sure, like they think something's wrong with him, but he's lying about being blind. So they call in his parents to confirm his story. And the parents say, yeah, that's our son. And yes, he was born blind. But how he sees, we don't know. So the Pharisees of that are satisfied, but they call in the blind man again. They ring the bell, and the blind man comes back for round two. And this time, the blind man, like the Pharisees are on the offense. They come at him aggressively and they say, 
give glory to God. Come clean. You, we know you're lying about something because we know for sure that this man who healed your eyes is a sinner. He's not from God. But the blind man, he responds with, hey man, I don't know if he's a sinner. I can't tell you that. But the one thing I do know is that I was blind, but now I see. And the Pharisees keep on the attack and say, well, tell us a story again. Maybe there's something different. Maybe we missed something. But the blind man responds with, I already told you the story and you didn't listen. Why do you want to hear it again? Do you want to become his disciples? And at this, the Pharisees grow irate and they start to ridicule the man. You may be his disciple, but we are disciples of Moses. Because we know where Moses came from. He came from God. And we know that. So we're his disciples. But this man, we have no idea where he came from. And the blind man's like, that's incredible. You don't know where he came from? And yet he opened my eyes? We know that God does not listen to sinners, to those who are sinning. But to those who believe in God and worship him and do his will, his will, he listens to them. So the blind man concludes that Jesus is from God. And the Pharisees go berserk and they throw him out. And it's at this point where Jesus returns to the story, though he's been present through all of it. Jesus heard they had cast him out and having heard him and having found him, he said, do you believe in the Son of Man? He answered, And who is he, sir, that I may believe in him? Jesus said to him, You have seen him, and it is he who is speaking to you. He said, Lord, I believe, and worshipped him. And Jesus said, for judgment, I, for judgment I came into this world, that those who do not see may see, and those who see may become blind. And some of the Pharisees near him heard these things and said to him, are we also blind? And Jesus said to them, if you were blind, you would have no guilt. But now that you say we see, your guilt remains. So we come to the end of this story with a blind man from birth who is the only one who saw Jesus and that those with eyes to see couldn't see him. They missed him. And we need to ask ourselves, why? What's the difference between the two? And for starters, with the Pharisees, they lost sight of the big picture. They focused on a small little detail. They focused that Jesus healed on the Sabbath and didn't match up with, to their understanding of it. And because of that, they, couldn't act, they got distracted by it and couldn't see Jesus see couldn't see what the miracle pointed to, that it pointed to something greater than just the healing of a blind man, that it pointed to the one who did it. And secondly, probably even more important, the Pharisees refused to humble themselves and admit that they were blind. Because they had studied God's word. They knew it well. They knew it by heart. They knew it so well that they could claim to be disciples of Moses and yet they knew the scriptures, but they couldn't see God right in front of them. They missed him. And we need to be honest. 
We're probably more like the Pharisees. We really are. We get distracted. We focus on the small things, and we look at that and let that guide us. Or here at Ozark, we just study God's word, and we know it well. We memorize it, we read it, we learn about God, and yet we can still be blind to God. Because we learn about him, but we don't end up knowing him if we aren't careful, if we don't admit that we're blind, if we don't admit that we don't know everything. We can't know everything about God and box him in. Because if we try to do that, we will be blind to him and what he's doing. But then we have the blind man. This blind man from birth is the only one who saw Jesus clearly. And, we, and in order to understand that, we need to go back to the beginning. Because right before he heals this man, dispels this darkness, he says that I am the light of the world. And he restores the blind, man, the blind man's sight. And he's able to see for the first time. He regains his physical sight. But he also gains a spiritual sight. He's able to move from saying that Jesus is just a man to being a prophet to definitely not being a sinner to claiming that he is from God. And when he is staring face to face with Jesus, when he's actually seeing him for the first time with his eyes, he's able to hear Jesus say that he is the son of man. And his response is to believe and worship. It's because Jesus is the light that cures our blindness and allows us to see him for who he truly is. Jesus is the light of the world. He's the light that cures our blindness. He's the light that shines in darkness. And when we stare at him, he, and he brings us out of our darkness, because we were all in darkness at one point. Really, close your eyes and imagine that time when you were in complete darkness. You couldn't see yourself, you couldn't see others, and you certainly couldn't see God. But then one day, a light appeared, and it drew your attention. And so you stumbled through the darkness, and you wandered towards it, And the closer you got, the clearer things became. You actually began to see yourself, to see those around you. And you were drawn to it. And so eventually you keep on following towards this light and you see that the light has appeared on this hill. This is where it shines the brightest. And all the colors here, the grass is greener, everything is more vibrant. You can see perfectly the best you've ever seen. Yet you want to see that light. You want to know what has caused this light to shine. So you start making your way up the hill. Because there's a path. It's a little rocky, but you can climb over it and walk up it. And then you see it. 
You see the source of light. And it's a tree. And it's a glorious tree. But it's tr a tree like no other. It's in the shape of a cross. And on that is a man, the source of light, with his hands outstretched, the incarnate God crucified, with nails in his hands and his feet, with a crown of thorns upon his head and a hole in his side. There he is, the light of the world, And that's our vision. And that's what we see. And when we're looking at him, when that's all our view, we can hear Jesus clearly, and he's speaking, and he says that I am the bread of life. I am the light of the world. I am the good shepherd. I am the door to the sheep. I am the resurrection and the life. I am the way, the truth, and the life. I am the true vine. And this is what we see, and this is what we hear. Look with your eyes. Let the light of the world cure, cure your blindness and see him for who he is and believe that he is the bread to our hunger, the water to our thirst, the resurrection to our death, the door home, the path from our wandering. He brings us home and he is the light that cures our blindness. So believe, look at him and believe and worship him. Worship him not only with songs, but worship him by always looking back at him. To let him be the light of your world, to shine in your heart. Worship him for what he has done. Worship him for curing your blindness. And worship him for the unexpected ways that he loves you. Thank you.